Welcome. Joanna, we're here for another podcast. We are, and it's been a lovely day with great sunshine and just God's faithfulness displayed in heavens and the sunrise and sunset. Gorgeous. And that cold is good for us. It cleans us out. It sure is. When I'm outside and I'm just come in feeling invigorated by all that oxygenated cold air. Well, good for you. (laughs) I don't know that I have the (laughs) same reaction to it, but I do enjoy it. Definitely prefer the cold to extreme heat. I've heard in Norway they put their babies in cool rooms to sleep. like Okay. And that they sleep longer and better. I agree. This is why the Norwegians are such peaceful people now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we're listening in the background to Nakia and Andrew, my son, singing a song they composed on their trip from Beijing to Paris. If you have not heard that episode, you should hear it. So tonight we're going to add to that, and we're going to hear a little more from Joanna, who's the new co-host. Welcome to that. Oh, Are you having any fun? Does this fill oh, your bucket course. at all? Or, okay. Oh, yes. I good. Just, yeah. Talking is great and having good conversations. Hey, <laughs> yes. I'm all about that, right? And I was thinking and I had uh, an insight or a leading that I should share a story from Cameroon. So after Ooh, you share something, all right. I will share um, or we'll do it on. I mean, if yours is a full length, we'll just do it on the next one. Well, I'm curious now. So I don't even want to talk anymore. I want to hear the story about Cameroon. (laughs) (laughs) Not fair, no. Okay. Well, it's great to be uh, having time to talk about the God incidents and so many details, right? So many details. And what I was thinking today is each time we talk a little bit about the God incidents is what is God incidents? Mm -hmm. Because there's different spins on this. And so we haven't tried to define it sharply because each experience is somewhat different Mm -hmm. and what we've come to add is that the amount of faith or the amount of interaction or connection one might have uh let's just say to that greater wonderful power god person that allows god instance that orchestrates things and that seeks us in love that that connection of faith determines the strength and the clarity of the god incidents be able to perceive what's sense? happening. Yeah. yeah. So there's a faith component. It's mm-hmm. almost like when I was a kid, we had this, I got this cool little magnifying glass. Ooh. And you could actually, if you focused it right and the sun was fully out, you could start a paper on fire. Wow. That this. was a fancy one. These were, they were all over, but they cost a bit mm-hmm. of money, but mm-hmm. they were just glass, but well prismed, you know, mm-hmm. or, or ground. And I was thinking of that in terms of this Scott incidents thing, because back in my college days, I told you, I think I mentioned another cop, maybe not you, but maybe before with AJ, um, I was trying to find out about this God because mm-hmm. most people believe something's out there mm-hmm. and, to, and then, but it, we don't, they, they don't know what it is. Maybe, you know, it's like, okay, it's the God of their childhood or a God of a, it's a mean God, or it's a different kind of God, but the God that is there must be good. And must be able to be found to be worth anything at all. Because mm-hmm. if it's a bad God, who wants to follow it, right? So I was writing down my dreams and mm-hmm. recording them. But then I started, because I didn't think I dreamt much. But then as I started, mm-hmm. I recorded more. So there's this combination, this back and forth, where you mm-hmm. invest and then you get more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the faith component that is Absolutely. in the God incidents thing. 
and, and faith and this desire to know God or to uh, find out what's out there. That, that's something that God himself as creator has put into our hearts, that desire to know him and, and to draw near. Yes. And yeah. that, that image is marked on us as either Edith, Edith Schaefer, slow down, right? Edith <laughs> Schaefer, Francis Schaefer's wife, has said that the Imago Dei, the image of God, mm-hmm. is marked on us before anything else happens. Absolutely. And it can never be erased. You can't mm-hmm. efface it, even with rebellion or running away or denial, that there is this wonderful, creating, redeeming mm-hmm. God that seeks us. So, therefore, the image of God is always there as something which we are seeking to find and, and see expressed, but only mm-hmm. God in Christ, in the, at least from my experience, yeah. gives the greatest clarity to that and allows one to freely be in un- fellowship. Under- yeah, in, in yeah, fellowship in, with in a God. communication. Yeah. And so the connection communication, mm-hmm. which is a Christian word is fellowship, mm-hmm. is really happens when one is connected to Christ. Mm-hmm. And then the God incidences can be much more regular and profound because Paul says that our message doesn't consist of talk, but of power. Exactly. So it isn't just about religious mm-hmm. talk. And that's why you can't compare just a church member or somebody. Mm-hmm. God incidences are up to you. Jesus said you don't have because you don't ask. And so it's a direct interplay of faith and your circumstances. Yeah, and, and I think the really amazing thing is that Good things, God things, um, happen to everybody, whether they are good or evil, whether they believe yes. or they don't believe. Uh, every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of lights. And so we have to realize this, that it's not something that's special to those who believe or don't believe. Right. The God right. things, the good things, um, the way God works in our world today, it's for everyone. For sure. And so, of course, that is a way of him revealing so that we desire to know him and that we realize who he is and, and are thankful for what those things, like give credit where credit is due. Um, and, and that's why they're there. Like God is taking care of us. The sun rises over the just, over the unjust. <laughs> you know? so are, we all have things to, to eat and, and yeah. different experiences that, that might seem mundane, that might seem just like the everyday thing taken for granted. But it really is precious gifts. And every day is a gift. Every sunrise, every breath we take, our heart continually beating. (laughs) All these little things are just amazing. And we can miss that. Like you're saying, Mm -hmm. you can miss that. And you can can be right in the presence of something wonderful and discount it and Mm -hmm. be jaded about it. Yeah. Right. So tell me something more about your journey, your experiences. So the listeners can get to know you better. All right. <laughs> um, I guess this idea of joy and gratitude for me have always been key elements to living, right? Just mm-hmm. being able to see the good, to see the bright side, and to see that God is doing something um, and appreciating that, whether it's uh, the food that's at your table that somebody put the work in to make or. Um, just finding joy and being in every moment and being with people. Um, and I think that makes a huge difference on perspective and just living this moment to its fullest. And, and some people would say, you know, the carpe diem sees the day. No, it's living each day, corum deo, in 
to the glory of God, under the view of God. Um, awareness. Awareness of, of, of his presence. Sensitivity yeah. to God's spirit. And so it's quite different than, right? than that idea of making the most of the opportunity. No, it's realizing that every moment that we're living and every gift we are receiving, they are from, from him and right, for right, him right. and for his glory. And I just, I love that because I can see throughout my life how many times and how many experiences and people and situations that are just God gifts. You and know? you're going to share something. Sure, sure. Um, a specific one. A specific one. Uh, I, I can remember one so simple. And I, it's when I was in high school here in, in Fergus Falls. And um, it, was, it was something very simple. But I just want to point out, you know, it's like God hears and he cares about the little things too. So I didn't have much money or any money at all. And um, not the, the true for most students. They had, you know, their, their allowance or whatever that their parents would send. My parents would send me enough money for the basic needs that I had. But we were living in another country. There's the whole currency thing and, and we're a missionary family, whatever. And that was just fine. Yeah, I always had everything we needed. What's the currency in Brazil? We have the real. It's a real, right? Yeah, a real. A real. So right now the currency is uh, five to one. So five highs to one dollar, maybe four eighty nine. It changes every day, but making know. it that much more difficult for them to right. support right. you here. But just you know, so we had I had all the things that I needed, but there are always those little things that you want. And I remember going uh, at the time we still had Target in Fergus Falls, and I. I saw these cool pens and it was just this set of pens and I loved writing letters. I mean, we didn't have uh, email and I could only call home once a month. And, you know, just to keep in touch with people, we used letters, right? People used to write letters. Yeah. I would write tons of letters every week. And I just thought it would be so cool to have that set of pens, right? It just, but I didn't have the money for them. And that day, when I got back from Target, I just, you know, prayed about it. And I, you know, just, okay, God, I would love to have these pens. It just seems like something so simple, right? And that same day, I got back and there was a mail that had somebody had mailed some other day from, I don't, I don't even remember who mm -hmm. mailed them to me. And it was the exact set of pens that I had just desired in my heart to have mm -hmm. and prayed about. You know, wow. like God answered it way before I even felt the want, you know, and he fulfilled that. And it's just, it's something so simple. But I remember for me, that was just that huge testament of God's faithfulness, that he doesn't only supply the things we need. He goes above and beyond to the mm. things we want. In high school, this happened. Yeah, that, yeah, you know, that's just one of those incidents that I remember as, you know, as developing my faith and just kind of like, God, what, you know, what would you have me do? What, what are your hopes and dreams for me? And just experimenting with that of prayer and response. And that was one very clear moment, you know. Did you me. write to the person and go tell them this? I, I don't know. It was 21, <laughs> <laughs> 20, no, 20, 25 years ago almost. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember, but I just remember that that was a, a, an important, crucial moment of realizing yeah. how how careful God is with those mm -hmm. things, um, with our hearts. You know, he's so gentle with our hearts. And, um, and that's always been so a fun That's memory. so personal, though. It's like yeah. way down into the nitty-gritty of... Yeah, and, and I mean, sometimes we think we have to pray for the big things. And, you know, oh, you know, what, what is God going to do? You know, move mountains. No, it's, 
he reveals himself too in those little tiny things. And I mean, time and time again, it has been that. And I've had this just this assurance that through prayer and putting my needs and my desires before God, before anybody else, <laughs> before I, I verbalize that to anyone else, God needs to hear about it. And he wants to hear about the things that worry me, the things that make me happy, the things that I would love to have someday, the dreams for the future and things I would like to accomplish. Um, all those things, he, he has joy to hear it because he loves us. And, and I love to hear my kids talking about their dreams and their hopes. And I love to know what they're looking for. And I can imagine that with God, that's the same. You know, he, he, he loves to hear that. Yeah. And of course, I have to ask this question, but doesn't God already know what you want? Yes, he so does. So he doesn't really need to hear it, right? I think but we need to say there, it. There, I like that. <laughs> we need to yeah. say it. And that is the essence of faith. Not that we create something, no. but that we're in touch with. So mm -hmm. if God is eternal, I was thinking of this from the God perspective, and God yeah. is, without, is outside of time. Mm -hmm. Everything is today for God. Mm -hmm. Then... And he knows the past from the present, et cetera. And the so all this could easily happen in a God world where, and then when you ask, it's like, oh, this is a great surprise. I know what she wants. And I've, this is already set up. And this, mm -hmm. this package is in the mail mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And so you're asking then, I think, brings that into focus, right? Mm -hmm. It's like. I can realize that. You realize yeah. it and you have gratefulness and mm -hmm. thankfulness, which yeah. is at the heart of, like you said, joy. Yeah. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that has been a challenge for me as a mother and a teacher, principal, wife, is to instill this idea of gratitude and of continual um, presenting our needs to God. You know? How do you do that He's, with, the, with he's the first one that needs to hear about it, right? How do you do that with your kids? And, and, I, and that's been really interesting to, to do that with, Mark, with our kids, too. What are the things that you want? Oh, Mom, I want this. Why don't I? Have you prayed about it? You know, have you told God that that's what you want? And one of the things that just, it's very practical. Um, my husband's always been the one to do the grocery shopping. I know nothing about supermarkets, prices or anything. What a I guy. never he go goes, to the supermarket. Oh, awesome. So when we first got married, I was still finishing college and, and working full time. And um, he was working full time, but he had taken. Now he, he didn't. Had, let he, me just back up. Okay. Okay. Is he. Knew the country and knew the markets right now. You're in Brazil at this time. I'm in Brazil. Time. I mean, but I grew up there, so it's all familiar. No problem. Well, this is just a personal thing. You don't like it to was, shop it was just or go like, to supermarkets? It just happened that way. I, I don't mind going to the supermarkets. But when I'm we first got married, I didn't have time to go to the supermarket, okay. so I'd make a list. All right. And he'd go to the supermarket because his time, flexibility, he was working full-time, but he still had some gaps. And because I was in school full-time and working full-time, like, it was crazy. And Brazilian men would do that. Go to yeah. the markets. Yeah, I think so. My husband enjoys it. So it became his thing, right? <laughs> well, I'm just thinking when I grew up, you okay. know, my mom would always do the shopping, uh -huh. you know, unless she told my dad to get something. Uh -huh. And then he'd come back with the wrong and thing, he'd come probably. come back with the wrong thing, yeah. maybe. But yeah. I know, I know. my mom was always like, danger, out, danger to send So did your husband come back with the right things? Always. Oh, wonderful. You know? Okay. Um, and so, so I know nothing about supermarkets, mm -hmm. and I've always been the one to make a list, right? So there's always an ongoing list, and he'll pick it up at the end of the day, and keep it in his pocket to, to see whenever he can make a stop. And when we had our kids, it just kind of continued to be a natural thing. Even if I had the time to go, that was his thing with the kids. Mm -hmm. 
So he's always gone with one child or two. Sometimes he'll risk going with all four to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. But one of the things we always told the kids is um, we don't buy the things we want. We buy the things that are on the list. Mm. And uh, that was just a good discipline. So you don't go into the supermarket. And sometimes it has happened. Like you go into the supermarket and you remember, oh, we're almost out of toilet paper. But if I had not put that on the list, he would not buy the toilet paper mm -hmm. because we wanted to teach the kids, you know, we buy what's on the list. Right. Right. And so for their wants and their desires, that was always the thing. Have a list. Mm. Mom, I want to buy a new pair of shoes. Do you need a new pair of shoes? We'll analyze it. Can you put that on your list mm. um, of things that you would right. like, right. you know, and whenever we have the opportunity or we have the money or something, you can, um, you, we, you know, we'll look at your list and see what you need. Mm. And we don't buy anything unless it's on the list. And so that list has kind of become like their prayer request list as well. <laughs> Just growing up, it's mm -hmm. kind of like the list of, of wants and desires. And it's amazing to see how many times, infinite number of times, uh, God answers that without us having to buy something. You know, like they'll have that on their list. And all of a sudden somebody comes up and says, hey, these shoes don't fit me anymore. And I think that might be your size. And my kids will be like, wow, I put that on my list yesterday that I needed a pair of shoes to go to school. And they'll check that off the list and they'll be thankful because God provided in that way. Um, or we saved up the money and we went to buy the shoes that they needed. But just that idea of not going and splurging and buying whatever comes to mind, but to allow time for God to provide for that or for that to be a planned decision, I think that's just been so crucial to developing their faith and they've seen that time and time again um so i want to interject something here yeah because this is a lesson that can be extenuated drawn out into life so when i was at labrie recently uh the labrie policy um this is a retreat center that mm -hmm. operates on faith but their policy is never to ask directly people mm -hmm. for any donation or anything mm -hmm. So when I was there, they had these needs and they would, we would pray about them regularly. Mm -hmm. And they always found that God would bring donors or people through the spirit, you know, to meet mm -hmm. those needs when they needed them at the, and in the amount they needed them. And sometimes way beyond what they had mm -hmm. expected for something. Yeah. So what you're doing, right, is, seems to be a really great principle your, your kids can carry on. Mm -hmm. That's good. And, and it's been amazing to see how their faith has grown through that. And they can perceive those answered prayers, right? Because it's a very tangible thing. Um, sometimes we make prayers, and if we don't have the habit of writing them down or going back to, you know, reflect on them, those prayers are answered or those things happen and we don't realize and we just take them for granted. Taking right. that time to either write them down or acknowledge them mm. or as a family, let's pray together for these aspects, you know, mm. um, just really gives you the possibility to see God working and answering those prayers. Mm. And, and that is time and time again with big things and with little things, you know, like right before we came here, the Lord knows, like, I don't know if I shared about the cars, like to be able to come, uh, we needed to sell our cars and mm. we, we've always only had one car. In the last year, we had two, 
um, because of the logistics and everything. And the Lord provided a second car for us that, yeah, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, one of those other God things. He knew we needed it before we even went out to look for it. It was kind of like here, this is the car you need. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a gift and, and, uh, not, I mean, we paid for it, but it was a gift in terms of it supplied that need. Right. And so before we came, we had to sell the cars. Well, my husband does not find pleasure in buying and selling and negotiating cars. That's not his thing. You know, cars are a vehicle that you need, but no fancy, you know, mm-hmm. like, oh, sure. I have to have this car, <laughs> like finding joy. My brother-in-laws all love that. And, you know, they like to, to wheel and deal, for right? For yeah, some guys, right. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And that's not his top priority. The car has to work well and save money, right? Mm-hmm. Or not spend as much. Mm-hmm. So right before we came, um, we needed to sell our cars so that we could buy the tickets to come. And we needed to sell the other car to buy a car when we were here. And just those little God, little no, the huge God things, because it's, it's not a simple thing for God to orchestrate all of this, right? Why do we say little on it, material things and uh, then we, other things we say, that's a big thing. It's a huge thing. So for us, God knows the desires of our heart, the motives, and he knows the things that bring us pleasure and not he, you know, he knew that that was not something either of us find pleasure in doing, going to look for a car, sell mm-hmm. a car, figure out the whole money thing. So before we even, you know, talked about this or, or expressed this to other people, of course, this was on our list of prayer things. Okay. We got to sort the cars. We have to sell them. We have to find a vehicle in the United States. Um, my husband did look for vehicles. He came in um, March, I think he had a trip to New York. He looked for vehicles in New York. You know, we looked online, we looked at different things, but not intensely, right? Just kind of preparing to, mm-hmm. to figure out what we would need. And about a month before we came, um, my uncle from Arizona called, was talking to my dad on the phone, and I don't know how the conversation happened. But anyway, my dad calls us up later and he says, hey, my brother's selling his van. He said he can save it for you guys and he wants this much for it. And it's this year. And it was exactly like it was cheaper than what we were imagining we would spend. It was ready for us. We didn't have to go look for it. My uncle understands about cars, had all the insurance, all the checkups done on it. It was perfect. And we didn't have to. And he was like, and I have to go to a conference in Minnesota, he lives in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I have to go to a conference in Minnesota this summer, so I'll drive it up and leave it waiting for you guys. And that was just like, wow. You know, that weight, mm-hmm. that burden of, oh, we have to look for a car. That was solved. And then my dad's like, uh, I want to buy back the car that he had sold us. Like, I didn't get used to this newer one. I want back my old one. So when you guys leave, I'm buying back my old car, my old truck. And the person who sold me the car I had been driving also heard we were leaving. He's like, well, when you leave, I want my car back. <laughs> I want to buy it back. And it's a, it was just like so easy. Mm. We didn't have to spend an hour worrying about it. Mm. You know, God just took care of all of that. And he wouldn't have to have to have, you know, we could have taken it to a car lot or left it for somebody else to sell. But God organized it in such a way that it was just, Perfect. The car was waiting for us in Minnesota when we got here. Mm. The car was picked up the day I could get done using it. And I just dropped it off nice and clean for, for the basketball coach to pick up because he wanted the car for, his, for us, his son. And 
my dad was thrilled to get his truck back and has the trailer hitch. You know, all those little huge things that might seem so, why are you so excited? <laughs> so full of joy over the sale of a car. But it's God, because that's not something that I would find joy in. And it would be wasting time that I could be investing in other things that do bring me much more joy. And God knows, you know, where, where should my focus be? So I didn't spend much time worrying about that, just prayed about it. And God took care of that. You know, it's just, I love seeing that happen. And, and our kids see that because they know <laughs> those things. And I think that just generates in their hearts so much faith, too. There's a song that's in my head, and you sing beautifully. I don't, but um, we often sang this song with our kids. And it says, I think, encompasses what you are just saying. It goes, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, mm -hmm. and, and all, all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia, alleluia. Yeah. Now that exactly. is, I think, the encapsulation of it. That's yeah. beautiful. Uh, Thank exactly. you. Two yeah. events, color yeah. pencils and cars. <laughs> now, my grandkids love colored pencils. And mm -hmm. if you think it's a small thing, all you got to do is come into our house and you will see that I go and at the end of the year, I'll go to places like Cooper's Office Supply and stuff. And they'll have all these desk pad calendars that mm. they're throwing away. Oh, wow. And I get them. And on the back side, they're white, clean. Right. And so my kids get to draw on these mm -hmm. massive sheets of paper. And we have their drawings up all over our kitchen oh, and our fun. refrigerator. And uh -huh. every day when they get one, I'll go, that's beautiful. Can I put it up? And they have developed so much with those. Yeah. So the colored pencil thing. Not a little thing. It's not a little thing. Not a little thing. <laughs> None of it's a little thing, right? To God, well, all things are we amazing. Just, we just came up to the right time of all this right. perfectly. That must be a God incident. It is. Yeah. yeah. Good timing. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's that been was, fun to and you reminisce have, about some of these I have to say, I, I knew you a little bit in high school because I was, I think I was mm -hmm. in seminary or something, but um, I mean, I was teaching. Yeah, right? you were teaching yeah. at seminary. But you have this great effervescent faith when you're leading worship or, or sharing about these God things, which really, you know, sort of proves that example of it's not about the thing itself. Like, it's not about the song you're singing. It's about the joy you have in the God that you're worshiping. It's not about the thing you got. It's the joy you had in how God provided that. Exactly. For and for those of the listeners who are sort of tired of life and feeling sort of like it's paltry and meaningless and there's no seasoning in it, I really believe... These kind of things, this God incidents thing, provides the seasoning, mm -hmm. not just for non-Christians, but for Christians who, are, who have gotten used to, I would say, a moralistic or just a doctrinal kind of Christianity, mm -hmm. or like a, a pie in the sky, by and by, heaven thing. Mm -hmm. But they don't realize that God has said, I will supply your every need. I am with you every day, always, 24-7. And um, one of our other guests, Vicki Jensen, she said, yeah, I love it. It's like God showing up and showing off. Yes, so, I, I heard that. I was like, that's that, yeah. perfect. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> and perfect. Um, we're going to slide this one All into right. another, uh, into the file of we've done that. Don't skip past these moments of your perfect. life, as this song says. Thank you so much. <laughs> 